Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. A 70-35 victory over Texas Tech. The Texas Longhorns scoring 70 for the first time since the 2005 Big 12 championship game. Man, that was a long time ago. Uh, joined by, of course, Westcott Everts. Westcott, how are you doing today? Doing pretty well, Cameron. Uh, nice to be back here and, uh, you know, not have another week talking about, um, you know, poor coaching like we were after Arkansas. Yeah, I kind of like our, our Monday podcast when we're in everyone's in a better mood, right? Even even Sark's in a better mood. Um, but to start off, we we do have some name suggestions I want to shout out. We still haven't got around to naming this podcast, probably never will. But uh, Captain Insano shows no mercy. He had uh, these five suggestions, Westcott: the Winning is Hard podcast, the Longhorn podcast, Tap Those Breaks podcast, OU Sucks podcast. The Cud Podcast. I don't, I don't get the Cud Podcast one. Um, and then KB underscore CPTX uh, had OU Sucks Podcast. Um, any ones out of those six that you like? I like the Winning is Hard Podcast. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, you can't go wrong with Winning is Hard. Um, uh, and then if Texas loses, then that week it's the Winning is Really Really Hard Podcast. Yeah. There you go. Or, um, you know, maybe. Uh, some gas, a little break, something like that. Some little plan words with the all gas, no breaks. Um, well, cool. Let's get into it today. Recording this, of course, Monday, right after Steve Sarkeesian's Monday press conference. We'll keep it short. But, uh, Westcott, we talked about after the Rice, or I'm sorry, the Arkansas press conference, where I asked you, you know, how did, what, what was your expectation? How much did that change since the Louisiana win, but then following the Arkansas loss? And you, know, you kind of, you know, no one was really sure. But after the Rice win, now this blowout over Texas Tech, has the expectations for this Texas football team now shifted? Yeah, I think they have, definitely. Um, you know, the big question, I, I think there are two big questions coming out of the Arkansas game. You know, the first question was, was that game an anomaly? You know, especially in in the disappointing aspects, um, you know, of the coaching, uh, poor responses on the field by the team, particularly, um, you know, with kind of the the mental and physical toughness um, in the second half when you know Texas really struggled uh, with the Arkansas running game, and then you know how the the second thing being um, you know how the team was going to respond to it and define itself over the coming weeks, and you know certainly difficult to you know to take away too much uh, from the rice game but you know Texas Tech team that 
that looked fairly dangerous coming into Austin just got, um, you know, completely obliterated um, this last weekend. And, and so, you know, I, I think the expectations now are, are maybe, you know, much closer to where they were, you know, after, you know, the really positive performance um, in the Louisiana game. But, um, you know, the other thing that, that we're going to get into here is, um, you know, the, the state of the rest of the Big 12. And, um, you know, not a lot of uh, really impressive uh, performances by some of the teams that were supposed to be in that top group. Yeah, and, and the piggyback off that, I mean, Oklahoma escapes West Virginia. West Virginia probably should have won that game. You know, you had that uh, the snap goes or the snap that Seth Doe was not ready for. Loses about 20, 30 yards. Oklahoma goes down, kicks a field goal. Uh, West Virginia, I think they have a really solid defense. I think they'll, they'll be a tough team. Iowa State, not sure what's going on there. Um, Baylor, they might be good. You know, who knows? TCU just lost to SMU. Oklahoma State knocked off a Kansas State team that I thought was, you know, above average. Oklahoma State hasn't looked too great to me, but, you know, now they're ranked. Um, they play Baylor this week. That'll be a, a fun game to watch. Um, Texas Tech, they looked a little, uh, little, a little shifty in those first three games. You know, obviously blown out. So... I mean, we mentioned it a few weeks ago. The door was, you know, open for Texas, I thought, to get to that Big 12 title game. And obviously, it's only been one game, um, one win against Texas Tech. But, you know, I think this is now a Texas team that we look forward to. And we think that down the line, this is a team that should be playing in that Big 12 title game in December. Yeah, I, I think the big key for Texas is what their trajectory looks like throughout the season. Um, you know, particularly with, you know, for instance, you know, the offensive line play, uh, which really struggled, you know, against Arkansas, wasn't particularly good against Louisiana. And, you know, uh, Sark talked after after the game and, and fairly extensively today about, you know, they've emphasized improvement in technique and fundamentals, uh, which were certainly, you know, an area that, that needed improvement. Um, but, you know, the, I think the really big thing that, that has happened that he pointed out is that the, the group has just, they've had a little bit more, of a nasty mindset. Um, they've been really straining uh, to finish plays. Um, they have a mentality where they they want to dominate, you know, opponents. And you know, I think that's particularly important on on some of the the inside plays. Um, you know, I think outside zone that the team's you know best play that you know we talked about fairly extensively um, the frustration of, of Sark not using that in the Arkansas game. Uh, use it much more frequently. That that's not really a, necessarily one of the, you know, play where you're really blowing guys off the ball because you're trying to get that lateral movement and, and create some of those creases and, and cutback lanes. Um, you know, something that, that Jake Majors does, you know, really well as, as he's kind of an improved, um, you know, being able to, um, you know, anchor a little bit better or get displacement against some of the big nose tackles um, that he's faced off with. But, you know, that's a position that, that Kyle Flood talked about, you know, improving consistently through the year. And, um, you know, after the Arkansas game, you know, the coaches didn't panic and then start making, you know, some of the personnel changes that, that people were, you know, calling for. And I think one, you know, for another week, you know, that really paid off um, for Texas. And then, um, you know, I think, you um, you know, the, the defensive line has some untapped upside as well after, you know, a little bit of a better performance. You know, I think other than Oklahoma, um, you know, I think Texas has, you know, the most untapped upside um, still to realize this season. 
Yeah, I agree. And to quickly correct myself, Jarrett Doge, uh, not Seth Doge. Sorry there, Jarrett. But <laughs> I think you, question, might be, you might be stuck in the wrong decade. Dan. Yeah, I don't know where my mind's at. Um, question for you. So, of course, after Texas beat Louisiana, it seemed like um, it kind of got everyone's hopes up for this Texas team, right? They thought, okay, maybe they're actually going to be better than we thought. And then they had the letdown against Arkansas. Coming off, you know, back-to-back blowout victories over Rice in Texas Tech, do you think this is setting up for a letdown loss to a TCU team that has, you know, quite frankly, just dominated UT over the last decade? I don't know that I have a good answer to that question. Uh, what I would say is that I think that this is the type of game that TCU could very well bounce back from. I think there's a stat you know, floating around yesterday, and I think um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm getting this exactly right, but I think TCU has lost the game coming into the Texas game like six years in a row or something, and they've gone – four and two, five and one against Texas um, over that stretch. And so I think, you know, TCU is in kind of a familiar position where, you know, they haven't been super consistent, haven't been playing very well, but for whatever reason, Texas has been the cure for whatever has ailed TCU um, for a long time now. I mean, Texas hasn't won in Fort Worth since that, um, you know, that, that blowout win in the last year of the Mac Brown era in, in 2013, the, the famous burning of Tyrone Swoops' red shirt to hand the ball off a couple times. Some of the great program management from Mac Brown right there. Yeah. At Bob Blue, he had the stat you were thinking of there, uh, Westcott. So in the last nine meetings, TCU 7-2 and two against Texas, right? The week prior, they are 2-8. in eight to the Texas game in the last 10 years, and in the last six years, they're 0-6 the week before playing Texas. Of course, TCU 4-1 against Texas those last five years. The only Texas win coming in that 2018 season, a 31-16 victory at DKR. Um, so, yeah, it's a crazy set to think about. And uh, Sarkeesian, you know, was asked about that, and his response was, you know, it's kind of an elephant in the room we know. TCU's kind of dominated Texas, but we're going to go out there and, you know, we're going to play football. You know, we're not going to yeah, worry about um, I think I think TCU is very vulnerable defensively. Um, you know, one of the big storylines, and maybe we'll save most of this for a little bit later in the week, but, you know, Max Duggan has played out of his mind against Texas. Mm-hmm. You know, if you only watched him play against Texas, you would think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He's a Heisman candidate uh, against Texas. Uh, you know, Zach Evans, a guy that, you know, Texas recruited for a while before they landed Bijan Robinson. A lot of storylines there. Uh, TCU's arguably top receiver, Quentin Johnston, uh, was a Texas commit. Certainly, you know, the type of guy that the Texas could really use uh, playing outside, at, you know, what used to be the exposition and now the more more fluid kind of uh, positionless wide receiver system uh, that started uses so some some interesting storylines uh, you know as I mentioned we'll, we'll get into those you know a little bit later but you know really controlling the line of scrimmage and um, you know keeping uh, keeping Max Duggan from uh, wearing his Superman costume against Texas again are, are big keys for the long ones on the road this weekend so Texas three and one right now Westcott what do you think they finish the season with how many wins right now putting you on the spot at TCU Oklahoma Oklahoma State <laughs> at Baylor, at Iowa State, Kansas, at West Virginia, and then finish at home against Kansas State. Regular season? Yes, sir. Uh, 
I think I'm tempted to go nine and three right now. I'm feeling optimistic after the last couple of weeks. All right. Nine and three. And right before we wrap up, I just want to touch on one thing. So the Texas Oklahoma kickoff has officially been announced 11 a.m. on ABC. So that will make it believe three straight 11 a.m. kickoffs spanning from Texas Tech to Oklahoma. We'll have four this season, including the Kansas State game. It's already been announced. That's the Friday game after Thanksgiving. Um, no other games have been announced as the time frame. But Sarkeesian Sarke- 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 was asked about the 11 a.m. kickoffs, and, and his point was that where we practice in the mornings, you know, we're kind of in that routine it kind of seems like a good thing. I know as fans, we hate the 11 a.m. kickoffs, especially for the Oklahoma game. But it seems like, you know, Texas is kind of used to playing these games early. It might actually benefit them, especially against TCU in Oklahoma. Yeah, they've certainly, uh, you know, they played well against against TCU. As, as Sark mentioned, it's it's something that they're used to. Um, just for me, as a, I mean, as a writer, it's nice not to have to sit around all day waiting for those late kickoffs and, you know, just try to occupy my time before the game starts. And, you know, nice as well to just be able to get the recap finished and, you know, have the, have the evening to, to watch those primetime games. So um, I know some of the fans don't really like it. I mean, for me, um, I'm kind of a fan of it in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's also, you know, nice not to have to wait the entire day waiting for Texas to play only, um, for them to lose, like the Arkansas game, you know, you get so hyped up and then you, you, you wait around all day for this. But we'll be back more later in the week to touch on uh, the Texas TCU game. Of course, if you have any questions, please either reply in our thread for this uh, post on the Brown Orange Nation website or, of course, just tweet at us. Maybe we'll get a, a tweet this week from our account asking for mailbag questions, but please send them in. If you have any, I know you guys are thinking about it and uh, we'll be back later in the week. Maybe the winning is hard podcast. Um, you know, we'll, we'll think about it. I like the winning is hard man. winning is hard. Texas right. has proven that conclusively over the last decade. Well, Scott, good seeing you, my man. All right. Thanks again. Peace. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.